Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Five of the Awesome here. Happy to announce that we have Courtney Crump with us today. And we'll be talking about fitness and nutrition, a little bit about some other addictions. Courtney's a friend of mine that I met in a class, a coaching class together. And we're just happy to have her here. So sit back and enjoy meeting Miss Courtney. Hello, Courtney. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Hey, how are you, Bobby? Nice to see you again. You too. Um, I'm happy to have you here. Uh, you are in the physical fitness space. And as my audience always hears me talking about how important it is to be mentally, spiritually, and physically fit, so you're here to kind of share a little bit more on that with us today. So if you don't mind, do you, can you start telling us where you're from, a little about yourself, anything you care to share so they get to know you? Absolutely. Um, so yes, my name's Courtney. I am currently a personal trainer. I grew up a big soccer player. I played semi-pro soccer out in Charlotte and went to school on a Division One scholarship. So athletics has kind of been in me for years. Um, but yeah, so now I'm a trainer. I do online training. I'm out in LA. So I do one-on-one -on -one training with people who are in California. Um, and yeah, I've just been in the space for about six, seven years now. And I have my nutrition certification, different kettlebell certifications, all the things. Um, but really I'm just passionate about helping people and getting them to their fittest selves. Love that. I didn't know there was such a thing as a kettlebell certification. So you oh, yes, there is. interesting. And you already brought up nutrition, and it's my understanding that's kind of important to the physical fitness. Do you want to share on that a little before we go further? Yeah, absolutely. So nutrition, man, touch on that. So, I mean, look, nutrition is everything. I can coach people through movements all day long. Um, it's funny because me and my boyfriend just had this conversation yesterday about how we can coach people for years, but if they don't change their eating habits, it's one of those things like you're going to see a little bit of progress, but you're not going to really hit your fitness goals wholly to where you want to be until you kind of hone that in. Um, there's also a side of nutrition with energy, right? And with um, your gut health, right? A lot of people don't think about nutrition as fuel. They just kind of think, eh, food, you know, in what comes in must go out kind of thing. And at the end of the day, your gut biome, there's a lot of research out now that suggests that your gut biome is directly correlated to your energy levels. If you have anxiety, depression, if you suffer from certain things like that, it can all, even ADHD in young kids and in adults, um, OCD, some of these different disorders are all linked to your gut bacteria, having too much bad bacteria. So um, if you can clean up your diet, right? Yes, you're going to see amazing fitness goals, but then also it clears brain fog. It kind of gives your body the kick that it needs to feel better long-term. You just explained that very well. And I've heard a lot about the gut health connection, but you said it makes, if we have too much bad bacteria, it produces those symptoms. So what gives you bad gut bacteria? So bad gut bacteria can come in different ways. A lot of the times it's eating a high sugar, high carb diet. Um, because sugar is just going to eat away at your gut lining. Um, so there is a thing called leaky gut syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, um, but it's a very real thing, right? So if you eat bad foods that your body doesn't like, 
everybody's got intolerances, whether it's like dairy or gluten or, you know, everybody's kind of different. They have those foods that don't make them feel very good. Um, but if you're eating a lot of those, they're going to start eating away at your intestines, essentially that inner lining. And then you have bile that will leak into your body, causing this leaky gut syndrome, which can cause a plethora of different things, autoimmune disorders, anxiety, depression, because then it starts to affect your nervous system, right? So something as simple as eating less sugar and less what we call simple carbohydrates, right? Because carbs aren't bad. And I think a lot of people give carbohydrates a very bad rep, um, but just eating good complex carbohydrates will help kind of heal the gut, but then you also want to think to put more good bacteria in there, right, to help fight the bad. And that's where like a good probiotic can come in. Um, you can get good probiotics from fermented foods, right? So like sauerkraut, pickles, yogurt, different things like that. If you eat those daily, it can help kind of rebuild that good, that good um, gut biome to kind of give you a little bit more energy long term. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. Well, you made it simple and clear. I appreciate that. Of course. So if you get a client that comes to you and wants to work with you and, and change their body, I know before I dug deeper into my recovery and, and understood that it's all relative, you know, my mind is impacted by my body and vice versa and our guts and brains and all that good stuff. I was, I was probably 220, I think, when I started as far as a week goes. And I tried different things and I, I try to learn. I'm still not where I want to be exactly. There's still a learning curve of what, what works and stuff. But if you were telling someone, so if someone was trying to quit gambling or drinking or drugging or whatever, if someone was new to this, yeah. where would you start them off? That's a good question. Um, and that is the everlasting question that we have, right? It's, it's really a thing of what your client feels most comfortable with, right? So usually in my first initial assessment with my clients, it kind of is, it needs to be a joint agreement and it needs to be something that my client feels comfortable and confident changing, right? So if it's something as simple as, Hey, you're not drinking enough water throughout the day. How do you feel about drinking two glasses of water? instead of one glass of water, right? Like it can be something as small as that. Um, so I think also the other, like the other side of that is people cut off way too much in the beginning. They just think that they can just go cold turkey on eating bad habits, uh, not exercising, and now they wanna exercise six days a week and they wanna eat all the good foods. And it just doesn't work that way because you can maintain that, but not for very long, right? Because like I said, your body's gonna crave those sugars and you're, you're just not giving your chance, your body a chance to adapt to the changes that you're putting on it, right? So I think it would just kind of be, find out what you feel comfortable changing, right? I tell my clients, pick one movement goal, one nutrition goal, and one regeneration goal. So movement being some sort of exercise, like maybe wake up and go for a 30 minute walk. Okay, great, we're gonna start that. Nutrition being what's one thing we can change? Is it we're gonna cut something out or is it gonna add something back in, right? So everybody's big thing is drinking, right? Oh, I don't wanna cut out alcohol. I don't wanna drink out, cut out my couple glasses of wine at night. And that's fine, I don't want you to cut those out, but instead of three glasses of wine, how do we feel about two glasses of wine, right? And like slowly trying to cut that back. Um, and then regeneration just being recovery. So are you getting enough sleep? Are you stretching? Are you foam rolling? Are you doing the things necessary for, because you're putting a lot of stress on your body with exercise, right? 
are we doing the other side of that to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves? So I just say smart, start small and start with things that you know you can accomplish. And then long-term, you can bite off more than, than you want to chew. Oh, you just reminded me of one of my friends, the one that I go bike riding with, and he was working out two, three times a day. Like he'd go bike riding with me in the morning and then he would go do it at night and he was running in between. And I kept telling him, you need a day off. Like you need to rest. I don't know all the science, but I just knew that you shouldn't be doing that seven days a week. So I'm really grateful that yeah. you brought up regeneration. That's a, that's a nice word. I like that word today. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So we, as an addict, and I'm going to speak for everybody, but we want instant gratification. So I can see why your role is kind of to slow us down and do the bite-sized pieces. So I really appreciate that concept. So how long does it take? Because I could see an instant gratification person being like, well, how long does it take for me to change and feel better and, and all that? What does that look like? Oh, um, it's a journey. You know, I tell people when they're going on their fitness journey, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's just not. And I wish that it could be a sprint and there are ways to sprint, but they're not going to, they're not going to be a very, uh, like long term. It's just not going to be good for you, you know? So, um, so I think focusing on actionable steps, like, are you accomplishing your nutrition goals? Are you accomplishing your exercise goals? Focusing on being able to maintain those consistently, right? That should be your focus instead of, Oh, I didn't gain any weight or, Oh, I didn't lose any weight because the number on the scale is finicky anyways. You know, as a woman, if you're on your cycle, you could be five pounds heavier than when you're not on your cycle, right? Um, if you're a guy, if you ate a big steak dinner last night and you step on the scale in the morning, you're probably gonna be two or three pounds heavier than you were before you went to bed. Like, there are so many factors that go into a scale number that that's why it's so frustrating, right? So for a lot of my female clients, as we're strength training, because strength training is one of those things that women want to stay away from because they're like, I don't want to get bulky, right? It's a typical thing. And I'm like, you won't get bulky. It's so hard to get bulky as a woman because our testosterone just isn't that high. Whereas for a guy, the testosterone is higher. It's very easy for them to put muscle mass on. For a woman, it's like when they show me a bodybuilder, I'm like, do you know how many years she had to put in to, to look like that? We're talking about you doing a couple bicep curls, like you're going to be okay, you know? Um, is as you build muscle, muscle is heavier than fat. So you could be gaining five pounds of muscle, losing three, body, three pounds of body fat, and it looks like you gained two pounds of weight. Does that make sense? So you really have to kind of disconnect from the number on the scale and really start focusing on the consistency of it and making sure you're hitting those actionable goals and checking in with yourself and saying, hey, do I feel a little bit more energized today? Did I eat well? Do I feel less bloated? Do I feel less brain fog? Because those are the things that you're gonna be able to feel instant gratification on, or you should, at least in a week or so, as opposed to like the actual weight loss and seeing the body change, that takes time. I thought that whole muscle weighs more than fat was just a polite way. Like it's something you just tell your girlfriend so that they don't feel bad about the scale fluctuating. <laughs> no, it's a real thing. It's real, I swear. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I thought I heard somewhere, I think, I think maybe you and I have even talked about this before, that the strength training has a, it does like a different job than cardio, right? Doesn't it burn yeah. more calories or like if yeah. you eat? Yeah. So basically when you strength train, you're putting little micro tears in the muscle fibers, right? 
those micro tears take longer to recover than cardio. With cardio, let's say you go do 30 minutes on the elliptical. Your heart rate gets up. Once your heart rate stabilizes back down to norm, you're kind of done burning calories. There's not really much aftermath going on there, okay? When you are strength training and you put the little micro tears in your, in your muscle fibers, you can burn calories to repair those muscle fibers up to 72 hours after your workouts, right? So I don't know if you've ever heard of DOMS, which is what we call delayed onset muscle soreness, okay? So if you do a really heavy, let's say leg day, and you lift legs, the next day you're like, oh, I really don't feel that bad. But that second day, it's gonna hit you like a freight train, right? Because the muscles need time to repair, and for whatever reason, that second day is when you feel that soreness, right? So you'd be amazed how long the body takes to recover those muscles. So yeah, up to 72 hours after a workout, you're still burning calories to repair. Wow. You just clarified it in a way that I never, never understood before. I didn't yeah. understand that tear part. That makes so much sense. Because yeah. I've heard it before, but I didn't understand you know, the understand the why and the, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about the day after and the second day. Always the second day. Wow. Okay. I just had to shout that out because I just had a whole bunch of light bulbs go on above my head. So yeah. you and I, thank you for all that wisdom, specialized stuff. You and I met in a group. We're both getting coached and, and working on our personal development, which I love. and. I don't know that it would have been as much of a focus for me if I wasn't on my journey. And I'm just wondering, have you had any experience with um, folks that come from addiction? You know, do you see people in this space? Cause there's a couple people in our class that um, were, you know, really went to fitness from addiction. So I was just curious if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, so I'll touch on two things. First thing being, I haven't worked with anybody who struggles with um, drug or alcohol addictions, but I have worked with a lot of females that struggle with food addictions, right? Whether it's um, they have a bad relationship with overeating, like binge eating um, and purging, or they have a bad relationship with like bulimia where they don't eat, right? So um, I've worked with both sides of the spectrums. It's a very touchy subject. It's a hard subject to coach on um, because I, I personally have never struggled with those things. So I have to be very, very, very careful with my verbiage with these individuals. And the overall picture that I've, that I've seen help them is to really, over time, educate them on how food needs to be seen as fuel for our bodies, right? The only way to get them to see food as fuel is to get them to feel the difference in their body over time by eating the right things and the right amounts and the right times, right? All of these things. But it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a tough thing as a coach to go through because you're trying to help somebody. You want to help somebody so bad, but they're, they're struggling with this behavioral addiction to food. And I mean, we all know probably one person that has the comfort is a, is a food is comfort kind of person, right? They overeat, they binge eat. Um, and it's sad, but it's also one of those things where you can't help those people until they're ready to help themselves. Right. So they have to make that step and say, hey, you know, I do have a, a, a problem with this. What's one thing I can do to help myself? So I don't ever have those people count calories. I don't suggest counting calories. 
because and that can become another obsessive behavioral thing, right? Is making sure they're staying within their calorie limits. So usually it's more of a food log of feeling, right? So what did we eat today? How do we feel? Do we feel energized? Do we feel bloated? Do we feel like we hit a crash in the middle of the day? And we just kind of try and sift through those bad foods that they're eating or the bad habits that they're having by making them focus on how they are feeling, right? So getting the attention away from the food and put it on them. Um, it's a journey though. I've worked with a girl for about a year and a half who was bulimic and we have just finally gotten her to a good place where she doesn't look as look like she doesn't get anxiety around food. She used to get anxiety going to like weddings or parties because there was going to be food everywhere and she felt like she couldn't control herself. Um, but it took us a year and a half to get here. So I think one, working with somebody that's got experience, right, in the realm of behavior change when it comes to an addiction like that. Um, but two, also understanding that it's not going to be a quick process and it's going to look like this, right? It's going to be up and down and you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. But that's why having a coach and having an accountability partner to talk to will help push you through it. Because a lot of the times, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of the times the girls that I'm working with have bad relationships with their families, with their parents, right? So they don't, they don't feel supported. They don't feel like they have somebody to talk to. Um, so having that person that you can say, hey, I had a bad day. It's okay. Let's get back on track. And I think that's the key is like when you fall off the wagon, how do we get back on the wagon without feeling shame and without feeling guilt, right? It's hard. Um, so I think that I've seen that side of things, but then I've also worked with some really, really amazing trainers um, at the gyms that I've worked for who are ex-addicts, right? Um, drug addicts, alcoholics, and they have just kind of <laughs> focused that, that addiction energy into the gym. And I mean, they are massive guys, like in great shape, bodybuilders, um, Olympic lifters, so like heavy lifters, and they just kind of, I don't know how they did it, I couldn't speak on that, but they definitely channeled that energy and that addiction towards something healthy, um, like fitness, to where they eat everything the same all day, every day. They exercise all day, every day. They track their, you know, their macros, they track, they, they become obsessive, if you will, but about something that's gonna help them look good, feel good, and I mean, I think I would be lying if I said that it's not always going to be something that they think about. I know they've talked to me about that personally, one-on-one, -on -one, like, hey, it's always still there in the back of their minds, right? But they get so much more from exercise and from training other people who are going through a similar process, right? Because a lot of their clients look the same way, right? People who maybe struggled with drugs or struggled with alcohol, and they're able to kind of help them through that process of almost like rezoning their attention towards something that's going to help them. That makes a lot of sense. I want to go backwards for a minute. I have two questions around the food. I don't know, is it behavioral issues or I don't know the right terminology. One is, is, is it primarily women or is it because you primarily work with women? Cause you, you seem to talk about it as women in general. So I didn't know if it was just maybe who you're exposed to, or is that my assumption would be that it would be a lot more women. And then the other thing that I wanted to call out, because this is, this is where it's tricky. So this food stuff can be an, a, a behavioral addiction, just like gambling. However, gambling, we don't need to survive. So it's not part of, you're right. It has a purpose. It's fuel, but 
we can't live without food. So I love that you said that there was journaling and that you had a different approach around it because is there, is there anything else we might need to know or think about when it comes to that way? Because a food addiction might look a little different because we need it to live. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so the first thing being, I say women just because I've worked with more women now, is it a male thing too? Absolutely. I know lots of, I know that there are probably lots of men out there that struggle with food as well. Um, I just know that it's more common in the female world because of the media and because of the diet culture and everything that the fitness industry represents. It's so funny, whenever you talk to a trainer or you talk to somebody that's been in the fitness industry for a long time, we hate the fads. We hate all of it, right? Because it's all just a sales tactic to get people to buy things and do stupid stuff with their bodies. When we talk to somebody that's been doing it for a while, we're like, no, there's, it's pretty simple. Once you, once you get down to the nitty gritty and you've worked through all the different diets and all of the different fads, you're like, no, this is, this is it. This is the basics. Um, but I think I say women because of that, because it is a more common thing, right? We have a lot of women that struggle with body image because they think they need to be a twig that's this big around, right? And they think, oh, I got to cut calories, cut calories because they're doing these juice cleanse or they're doing these crazy under eating calories, right? So um, I just say women because it's, it's what I've worked, for, worked with before. But when it comes to tracking and trying to get somebody, like I said, you got to at least for what I've seen work, is trying to get somebody to understand that food is fuel, right? Because you're right, it's not something we can live without. It's not something we can just go cold turkey and be like, all right, you're just done, done eating food, right? Um, I think it's helping them find good alternatives, right? Because a lot of the times the foods that they want are like sugary, high carb, like really bad for you kind of foods. And they eat those foods because they, they give them an emotional response from way back when. So a lot of the times it's like we're working through, okay, why do you go to the Doritos when your parents call you, right? Like maybe your parents are giving you some anxiety. So we're trying to like backtrack and find patterns to why they start this binge eating, right? And it's a hard, it's a hard thing to crack. That's why it can take time. And that's why like if you work with a trainer, it's great. Work with somebody that has some background in that because they you can get a little touchy with like words and verbiage and you can kind of trigger people. Um, but then also working with a therapist to figure out why do you have this bad relationship with food? Why do you have this predisposition with, I don't know, potato chips or burgers and French fries or whatever that is, right? Um, and I think the other half of it is teaching people, one, to focus on how they feel, but two, giving them healthier options, right? Like I've got some really awesome recipes for like breakfast. Brussels sprouts to make them nice and yummy, butternut squash to make it nice and yummy. Like if you can eat good food that tastes good, right? And makes you feel good. You're like, oh, well then why was I eating the French fries and the cheeseburger when I could have this and this and feel better, right? So I think a lot of people just don't know how to cook. They don't know what healthy cooking and yummy healthy cooking looks like um, because we're in a fast food culture, right? So you can go down the street and get fast food or you can buy like prepackaged things at the grocery store, which not all of them are bad, right? It's just, we have this lack of knowledge of honestly how to cook and how to cook good food. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I'm gonna ask you, this is a personal ask. How, yeah. do you, how do you feel about keto? Does that fall into your bad diet bucket? No, no, keto's fine, right? And there's no such thing as like a bad diet because it's so, personalized, right? Like Bobby, what works for you is not what's going to work for me. And it's not gonna, what's going to work for Sarah 
or or Sharon or whoever, right? Like it's just so personalized. And that's why I have people track how they feel because if it doesn't make you feel good, don't eat it. You know what I mean? Like there's no right or wrong. I do better on a higher carb diet. I've also always eaten a higher carb diet with all my years of athletics, right? Like I needed that. So my body just responds well to it. If I cut my carbs, my energy goes down. So it just depends on how you feel. So I would say track, right? But ketogenic isn't bad. I think ketogenic is a better diet for more endurance athletes because when you're in that aerobic um, capacity, when you're training, you are burning higher fats for fuels. Um, I also think keto is better for men because they don't have a cycle that they have to worry about, right? God bless them. Um, but we do, so we have to worry about making sure we get enough carbohydrates in our diet. So I'm not opposed to it, especially because of the lower carb thing, because kind of like what I was saying earlier, people eat too many simple carbs. That's what's spiking their insulin, and that's what's causing diabetes, weight gain, fatigue, all of these things. Um, so sometimes just finding the right amount of carbs. And I think another thing is when people go keto, they go cold turkey and you're, you can't do that. It's one of those things you got to kind of weed yourself off of carbs, right? So like, I think keto technically is under 20 grams of carbs a day, which is a very, very minimal amount of carbs. If you're eating 150, 200 grams of carbs a day, and you're going to go to eating 20 grams of carbs a day, well then yeah, your body's going to fight you on that, right? So if you're going to go keto, which is totally fine, and it makes you feel, again, if it makes you feel good, then do that, but weed yourself off of it, right? So one week you do 100 calories, the next week maybe you do 75, the next week you do 50, and then slowly over time, weed yourself to a ketogenic diet. I think that goes for any diet. It should be slowly progressed instead of just cold turkey because your body doesn't have time to adapt. That makes sense. That's a good call out. Thank you. Yeah, of course. The other thought that I had was, and this has been, this is a Bobby issue. And I, I would imagine that a lot of people feel this way. There was a gym called Curves and it was all women, women only. And it was a psych, you know, like a circle and whatever. That was completely my comfort zone. I had always been intimidated by co-ed. Like to me, exercise was such a private thing. Like I didn't want boys to see me sweat. I just, I really struggled with that. Um, now I don't care, but it's right. part of my evolution. But, but I don't think I found I don't care until I was 40 or, you know, very late 30s. How would you, how would you coach a, a female or how would you coach someone through that? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and that's a very real thing. I get a lot of women that I work with in my gym because they just want the company of having a trainer with them so that they don't look silly, right? Um, so I think the first thing being just do what you're comfortable with, right? So if you want to go into the gym and you want to get on the cardio equipment and that's all you want to do, then do that. Because at the end of the day, that's better than nothing, right? Also, educate yourself, right? There's no way you're going to go into a gym and one day miraculously feel comfortable doing all of these movements that you've never done before unless you do those movements, right? You got to practice. You have to have somebody show you how to do those movements. So YouTube is actually a great resource for, for form checking. You can go on there and type in literally any exercise, like how to do a back squat, how to do a lunge. And there are trainers on there that will coach you through those movements so that the next time you go into the gym, right, you feel more confident going through those movements because you know exactly where you should be feeling it, what it should look like. 
Um, and I think the other thing is don't like, and this is so easy for me to say because it's, I've just always had this mindset. Don't let men take that away from you. Don't let anybody take that away from you. You need to focus on yourself and you need to go in there and do what's best for you. And I know it's an uncomfortable situation, right? But at the end of the day, you're letting a stranger, a male stranger, take away Bobby time from you and taking away time that you can be focusing on yourself and bettering yourself, right? And that's so sad and so frustrating as, as a female because you do feel intimidated when you go in there. I know, I get it, right? When I first came into college and I walked into that weight room with all these big football players, I was like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? It's just weird. But at the same time, everybody's training for something different. So some guy can't come up to you and tell you that you're doing something wrong because his goals are completely different than your goals, right? Like they don't line up and how you should be training and how he should be training are two completely different things. So I'd say start with what you're com comfortable with, educate yourself and practice at home. Like if you don't want to just go into the gym and do it by yourself, then practice form in a mirror, right? I still do it. When I work out, I like to have mirrors because I can check myself. I can make sure my form looks good, right? Um, start with what you're comfortable with. And if you have the money and if you have the funds, hire a coach, hire a trainer to take you through those movements, you know, so that you know you're doing it right. And that way you kind of have like a little accomplice in the gym so that you feel more comfortable moving throughout the space until eventually you feel like you don't need that person anymore and you're, and you're confident in, in yourself enough to go do that. But I mean, I think everybody should have a trainer. If you don't have a trainer, you need to get a trainer, right? Because <laughs> If you are scared to go through those movements and you're feeling a little intimidated, then have somebody help you through that to, to where you get to a point where you can do it on your own. Great advice. Yeah. Have I forgotten anything that we need to talk about? No, I mean, that's a lot. I feel like I just chatted your ear off. Um, but I mean, this is what I do for a living, right? And I, I just love coaching and I love telling people about it. Um, and I think everybody's health journey looks different. So I, I just think people need to stop comparing themselves and stop judging like these fitness models online because I'll be here to tell you, and I'm in the fitness industry. I am right smack in the middle of the fitness industry. Those people are not healthy. Okay. Those people are not healthy. They're usually very underweight, right? They're training crazy, crazy amounts of time. Um, and they're usually taking something, whether it's testosterone, steroids, HGH. Um, and that's not necessarily good for you either, depending on who you are as a male or a female, right? So I think people just need to disconnect from what the fitness industry tells them they should feel and tells them the way that they should look and just focus on your own journey, right? Because as long as you are happy when you look in the mirror and as long as you feel good energy-wise throughout the day, then I think, I think you're doing the right thing. Good advice. Good advice. Thank you. So how can people find you? Oh, how can people find me? Um, well, I have an Instagram. So you can check me out there. Uh, court, C-O-U-R-T underscore Crump, C-R-U-M-P as in Paul. So you can hit me up there. Um, I also have a Facebook page that's Courtney Crump Fitness. Um, and then you can find all of my contact details on one of those. Um, my email is Courtney.CrumpPT as in personal training at gmail.com so you can hit me up there. Um, like I said, I do online training and I do in-person training, but even if you just need help, like where do, like that whole question from the video, where do you start, right? That's everybody's first question. I don't know where to start. Well, then maybe we can sit down and talk about like three things that we can actionably do every day to kind of get you on, on your journey. Great, I love this. Cause this is, 
it's a permanent thing. It can impact you for the rest of your life. You know, you're giving people like tools in their toolbox. So I, I feel very aligned to what you're doing and to have that personal touch. I, it's something we should make the investment in ourselves. You know, it, it aligns with how I feel about all that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you being here today. I will make sure that all that contact information is in the show notes and we will talk to you again, maybe in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. Thank you so much, Bobby, for thinking of me. And I mean, you're crushing the game right now. Um, I'm super proud of everything you've accomplished, girl. You're doing great. Oh, thanks so much, Courtney. As you guys know, I went to the coping with cooped concept for Corona. Well, that was a lot of C's. At any rate, because I was out of the habit of interviewing, I think you heard Justin's interview without a positive quote. So I want to make sure I don't do that today. So our quote for today, since it was, since it was um, a fitness episode, I got this from fitnesschat.com. And it ties a little into our conversation with Courtney. And it says, don't be afraid of being a beginner. We all have to start somewhere, guys. And I know fitness can be intimidating, as, as I mentioned in the interview. So I hope that resonates with you. And I hope rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in. And you're